Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, bloody toot toot. It's the spoiler train. Spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> I'm running out of ways in which to do this. Hey, I missed the spoiler train. <laughs> oh, damn it. I'm going to have to wait for the next one, the V-line. What? I hate myself. <laughs> this is a spoiler warning. Uh, if you have not watched uh, The Power Season 1, Episode 7, titled Baptism. Um, ooh. Uh, bloody go watch it. Check it out and then come back and have a listen. But you can also listen to the first half of this episode because where we'll be chatting of the shit most likely. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Nothing is planned. But I reckon it's going to be a really good time. Um, but anyway. This is a good spoiler warning. Thanks. Uh, this is your spoiler warning. Bye. <laughs> Peace. I hate the word. I got, I got the fuck? I got one leg and a fucking ticket. I'm gonna play a little cornstarch. I'm my werewolf, man. Luigi Mario. Hello and welcome to Mission Zach's Leguizama Rama, a podcast where each week Mish and Zach uh, watch um, everything starring their favourite, what they thought was a character actor, what soon emerged as a as a great leading man, um, who is also a very good character actor. Anyway, they're watching everything that he's in. What's his name? And his name is John Leguizamo. My name is Zachary Ruane. Zachary Ruane. That's hard. It is a lot of Ruane. Whatever. Zachary Ruane, who you might know as um, when he's tired, he even struggles to pronounce his own name. Mm -hmm. I'm joined by Mish Wittrup, who you might know as when she's tired. Uh, I like to tell people how to pronounce my last name, which is just Wittrup. People really struggle with it. People look at it and they freak out. It's like honestly, like more often than not, uh, people get it wrong, and I don't think it's that difficult. It's just read what you see. Except, I guess it is. A lot of people go Whitrup or Withrup. Withrup. Yeah, it's just Withrup. Yeah, Withrup. Yeah, you want to know a fun fact about my last name? What? Uh, my great grandfather was moving to America. I know. Do you knew this? No, I didn't. Oh, <laughs> from Denmark. Uh, he was. I think it was my great grandfather. And um, didn't want to give out his last name. Didn't know why, but when they asked him to put his last name, he put down the town that he grew up in in Denmark called Wittrup or, oh. or Vitrup. Vitrup. And so that's how we got it. I have no idea. But you're real. Yeah. So if there are any Wittrups out there, we're probably related because it was just this one guy who made up his town name, unless somebody else did it. It's not a very common last name, though. Yeah, cool. Yeah. That's great. Thanks. You doing well? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, can I start with a fact about The Power? Can I? It's not jumping into the episode. I'd love that. It's, But it's about the show The Power. Yeah. Because I is... think it could open up a fun little conversation. Please. So I went on the web, I went on the Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. So Wikipedia is like, a, like an encyclopedia. I've heard about it. Yeah. And <laughs> went on it's the, the thing wi- I'm not on. I don't think I'm on Wiki. Uh, no, it's... It's one of those, that's when you know you've made it moments. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Mm. big moment. Mm. Um, But I'm not, as an individual, I'm not on Wiki. Really? No. Mm. No. Uh, All right. So let me find it. Fun fact. Casting. Mm. I was reading about, firstly, all female writers room. That's fun. That's cool. Mm. But then I was reading about casting. In late October 2019, Leslie Mann was cast as Margot Cleary Lopez. What? And Moana, then uh, John Leguizamo, then. Well, he was cast as Tony Collette's character. Mm. In February, Rain Wilson was cast as Daniel Danden. John Leguizamo's? No, not John Leguizamo, the, um, the senator. Yeah. Uh, but then he dropped out and was replaced by Tim Robbins. Oh, my God. The rest of the cast formed. John Leguizamo was in it. He's already been cast. 
In May 2022, I think there was COVID delays and stuff. In May 2022, it was reported that Mann and Robbins had dropped out of the series. In August, it was announced that their roles would be assumed by Tony Collette and Josh Charles, respectively. That is fascinating. So it was originally Leslie Mann as Margot. Who I can see. Leslie Mann and John Leguizamo were going to be in a relationship. Yeah. Oh, my God, Leslie Mann. I was thinking of someone else. Yeah, Leslie Mann of... Um, I was thinking, hold on, hold on, I'll tell you exactly Mother of Maud and Iris. Oh, my God. Wife of Judd. I was thinking you're going to fucking... I'm an idiot. I'm so stupid. Leslie Nelson? I Leslie... Was, I was thinking of Leslie Jordan. Who's Leslie Jordan? That guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, didn't he just die? Like, I Who's think Leslie he, Jordan? Leslie Jordan is this, like... Fantastic, oh. but like Merrick, an actor that does a lot of st- very camp about yeah. five foot two, Amazing. does a lot of stuff on RuPaul's Drag Race. Amazing. I thought you were talking about Leslie Jordan. I'm such a dumb fuck. That's an amazing... Because Leslie Mann... Leslie Mann is phenomenal. She's a great actor. Yeah. Would have been really interesting. What I love about Leslie Mann to, to Tony Collette... <laughs> How can I beat what you thought I was saying? I know. I'm so sorry. That was like, I was like, that is so odd. And then I was like, hold on. So John Leguizamo was going to be in a relationship with Leslie Jordan? And I was like, that's, no, that's a weird And then weird you're like, choice. and then you had to work through all yeah, the Yeah, and I was plot. like, but hold on a second. It's the whole, it's meant, what? He doesn't have the estrogen yeah. levels to <laughs> get the electricity powers. I'm so stupid. No, Leslie, man. Isn't that interesting? That's very interesting. Because she's so different to Tony Collette. Yeah, it would have been very interesting to watch. But I think it would have worked. It's one of those things where, like, I love that Tony Collette's in this. But, like, Leslie Mann is so different mm. that I just work through it and I go, yeah. Mm. She would have just done it differently. Yeah, I'm personally but very I'm, happy it's Tony. I'm I sit, super happy Mate, it's Tony. I sit in front of you right now with what is essentially... A Tony Collette tattoo. Mm. I went and got it, baby. I got that tat. What now? Ta- what does it say? Um. So it, it it says I'm with Muriel. It's on my upper arm. I right. love it. It's right there. I'm with Muriel. That I'm with Muriel. Great. I wouldn't say it's an ode to Tony Collette as much as it is a very representative thing of. Uh, obviously, it's from the movie, but it's much more about like female friendship and yeah. um, never being alone, and whatnot. But it's yeah, also a little. You don't low. have a tattoo from This Is Forty. No, that's true. I don't. <laughs> or I'm um, seventeen again. <laughs> um, Wait, is that This Is Forty? No, she's God. She's done a lot of movies with numbers in it. Yeah, she loves a number movie. Yeah. Um, no, Leslie Mann would have been great. I, I love that Tony Collette's in it because I love Tony Collette. Same. I did a post the other day where I said this series is like opioids to. A fan, a fan of a t- certain kind of actor, yeah. Because <laughs> like like John Leguizamo and Tony Collette together mm. is a treat. I just can't believe it. Like I do, I honestly still pinch myself. I'm like, because they are two of my like favorite actors mm. ever, ever. It's like whenever you see two of your favorites do something together and they do it well, in a way. Mm. In a way, I can. It makes more sense mm. when I go. Oh, they cast. Leslie Mann. Yeah. Then they did a whole bunch of casting around Leslie Mann. Then they lost Leslie Mann. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, okay, who's at a level that can keep, that that Amazon will still be happy with and then replace Leslie Mann with. I can sort of see how they landed on mm-hmm. that more than if they'd built it from Tony Collette. Absolutely, yeah. But I love that it landed on Tony Collette. I think it's so Just interesting. Just being able to see the two of them together. That's, that's an interesting... I don't think we've talked about it considering how much we've talked about how much we love Tony and John. Who, I'd love to hear your opinion on really, really good chemistry on screen for a couple. Like that you can think of in a movie where you're just like the two of them together was just like electric. I think that um, Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler in The Wedding Singer is yeah. just like Perfect. so lovely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like where where just immediately it feels right. Oh yeah, she's so likable, but he's so likable. Yeah, but that that that's a great one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Susan Sarandon and Gina Davis in Thelma and Louise. Great chemistry. Really good chemistry. 
Yeah. Uh, this is a good one. An odd, this is an odd one, but I always think of it when I think of chemistry. Nicolas Cage and Cher in Moonstruck. Yeah. For, who would have thought? Yeah. Genuinely, who would have thought? But the two of them together is perfection. Yeah. And you'll never see it again. They'll never do anything together again, no. I'm sure. But it's just the most... If you've not seen that movie, I don't think that that movie gets enough street cred. Yeah. I feel like it was very popular when it came out. Yeah. Um, like she got nominated for an Oscar for it, I believe. Did she win for that? No, no, she won for Silkwood, I think. Um, anyway, uh, that movie is like one of the most beautiful like stories. I think I've talked, I talked about it on, um, on the podcast when we watched that other Italian one. It's the best Italian dinner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Olympia it's- Dukakis in that. Movie is. I haven't seen it in. I watched it on a plane, but it was very good. It's just, there's this scene outside. I'm just, this is ridiculous. No one's going to want to hear this, but fuck it. Watch Moonstruck. It's really good. There's this scene after they've gone on a date, um, and he's like basically talking about why he loves her and why she's engaged to somebody else. And he's like, we need to do this together. We need to hook up, essentially. Like, we need to continue being together. And he's like, the, it's just so well scripted and it's just – and he basically is just like we have been put on earth to ruin ourselves and love the wrong people and it's just the most beautiful – oh, my God, sorry. I've made no sense at all. It's just a, such a phenomenal film. Yeah. I love that movie. But the, the chemistry between Nicolas Cage and Cher yeah. is fucking great. Do you want another one? Oh, this is good. I'm struggling to think. I've of got heaps. Ones. John Travolta and Kirstie Alley in Look Who's Talking. Hey, that's good. That's a real <laughs> – had really good chemistry. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. I, I'm struggling to think of any and not because I'm I'm just struggling. I'm struggling to think of good good chemistries. Really? God, I've got plenty. Um Yeah, I'm oh, do you know who's good? Mm-hmm. This is this is a I can't remember the name of the movie. I think it's called Supernova. It's um Stanley Tucci and Colin Firth. Really? Yeah, I think that's that's who it is. I, I'll try and find the name of it. Um, oh, that's quite nice. It's I like a very that. different kind of chemistry, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's like they play an old, 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 old couple, mm. um, and one of them is not well, and it's sort of a really sad little, very small story. Mm. Um, it's not very, it's not spicy. It's not a spicy chemistry, but they are so beautiful in it. The way they. And I don't know how they did it. I don't know if it was like just, it's called Supernova. I don't know if they like worked it out. I don't know mm. if they did exercises, but they're comfortable with each other. The oh, way they that. like hold each other. There's just this like. Are they, they're playing a part. Like they're, they're playing a part, partners. Yeah. 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 And there's just this comfort in how they play it. That is just, I, I don't think I've ever seen a, a like a long-term couple represented mm. so beautifully. And oh, it is, I it's love just there's that. no like cuz you know I feel like when you're working with another actor you the touch and everything is mm. you want to be really careful not to be inappropriate mm. and and there's a sort of you know but they are just they just touch and they they in each other really beautiful. Oh, I love that. Really beautiful. Yeah. So there you go. Tucci and Firth. Of course they're good. Mm. It's Tucci and Firth. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like you take Tucci and Firth. <laughs> what are you going to get? Of course you're going to yeah. get that. Um, another really great one, Ruane and Witchrop. <laughs> <laughs> Friend goals. Friend goals. Um, no, that's I, I think Tony Collette and Rachel Griffiths in um, mm. Muriel's Wedding is some of the best. Have you seen Succession? No. <gasps> Mish. No, I have not. Mish. Mm. It's in the final season now. It's so good. Mm. It's only four seasons. Mm. Um, it is. So, it's the best written television. I think it's in the top five ever. Oh, wow, best really? Best written television. It's, it's so funny and characters, like scenes say so much and, mm. and characters are always really... It's really incredibly written. Um, but I think that I want to say that um, uh, Sarah Snook and uh, uh, Matthew McFadden, I forgot his name for a second. Oh, yeah. But they play a couple in it and they've got something. I love that. They've got like, and it's really only emerging in this season, like, because they're not a great, it's not, it's not like that they're, it's not, it's just, 
Yeah, it's really nice. No, oh, I love that. Yeah, it's good. Okay. I'm trying to think of more spicy ones. I just though. love it. I love when I see two, like, I'd, I'd love a bit of good bloody chemistry. Yeah. It makes it's me really great. Happy. It's really rare. Oh, yeah. It doesn't, no, because that's the thing. You can take a really, really good actor and another really, really good actor, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get great chemistry. It's where casting becomes important, hey? Mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, um, who's good at it? Like, good at casting? Yeah, just good at. I mean, whoever put together Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey did something very good mm. in 10 Things I Hate About You, but then they did Fool's Gold, <laughs> shit film. <laughs> but, like, no, there was something there where you're just like, oh, okay, well, that's fair. Whoever put Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler, although Meg I think Ryan, Adam Sandler Meg was Ryan friends with Drew Barrymore. And Tom Hanks. Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal. Oh, yeah. That like, was phenomenal. That's that actually. That li- lives or dies. Well, that yeah. lives or dies on, on the those, chemistry. Literally, it's like when Harry met Sally. If Harry meets Sally and there's no chemistry, what a shit film. But particularly <laughs> because the whole film is about them not, like the, that whole film is about them not being together. So if you don't feel the fact that they should, should be, be. Yeah. Oh, my God. Absolutely. I think when Harry met Sally might be my favourite rom-com. Yeah. That's a big statement because I do love a rom-com. I think it comes from an era when rom-coms were not, there was there, something happened in the last 20 years yeah. where where it's been diminished and that people think it's only about the romance. Like rom-coms used to be mm. where you would go for good writing and good characters. Well, yeah, you're right. I think a lot of rom-coms, especially in the early noughties, they did this thing where rom-coms were a situational thing, mm. throwing two people into a crazy situation and how are they going to get out of the situation without falling in love? Mm. Whereas the ones that were done in the 80s and the 90s were a lot more about two people g- forming a connection, not because they were thrown and into And multiple like, people. Yeah. It was like an opportunity to just have good writing and good characters and it ended happily. It mm. ended on the... like. That's a beautifully written script too. When, when Harry met Sally. Sally. Yeah, it's just great Nora writing. Ephron, fucking, she could write a rom-com, man. That, like, honestly, that's, like, I love little snippets. <laughs> like, like, I love my little moonstruck snippet. I love little snippets from When Harry Met Sally. That last monologue he does. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. When he goes to the New Year's Eve party and he explains to her why he loves her. Yeah. And why it's different. It's just, it's so, it's not... There's nothing fancy in what no, he's saying to her. It's so beautiful. I used to li- when I I used to like from very young that I used to listen to that monologue and be like I just want that one day. Yeah. Like, and like I found it which is very nice. But like <laughs> no, I to me it's just the perfect like if you're if you if you're sad or you've just gone through a breakup or if you're pining for someone it's just it'll it's the have a little teary and eat a bowl of popcorn kind of monologue because it just really hits. It's just hits so good. Yeah. I fucking love a well-written rom-com. I'm a romantic person at heart. Richard Curtis obviously did some great ones as well. He did um Four Weddings and a Funeral oh. and Notting Hill and Love Actually. Yes. And, bitch. But Notting Hill is like so wonderfully written. And oh. it's so and it's so much more you're so right about two people. That's a story about two people at different points in their mm. lives. It's not so much about them falling in love mm. as it is two people in different and, and how they That's a very whoever cast those films as well, like maybe not so much Notting Hill, but Four Weddings and a Funeral, who would have thought Hugh Grant and Andy McDowell? Mm. Because, like, Hugh Grant and um, Julia, Julia Roberts. Roberts is the same. Yeah. Have you, have I, t- I think I've said this a million times. His, Hugh Grant did, like, you know those um, career retrospective things that they do? Yes. There's a few different magazines. Have I told you about no, this? No, no, but I know what you're talking about. Hugh Grant did one and he talked about how he did four weddings and a funeral. And then he was offered Notting Hill and, and he talks about how he was, he nearly said no to Notting Hill mm. because, um, uh, because he was like, it's the same character. And then Richard Curtis was like, no, 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 no. It's a very different character. This guy is much more um, like, and he described how he was a different kind of character. Mm-hmm. He's much less foppish. He's much more like, and he talked it through. And then and then um, <laughs> Hugh Grant, the way he says it is so perfect. He's like, so I agreed to it. And, of course, I just did the same thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> just this whole thing of him being like, oh, no, being convinced and then just doing the same thing. I wonder if Hugh Grant is a cunt because he plays it up. He plays up the I'm a big cunt and no one likes I to work no with idea. me thing. Yeah, but he really loves to, like, there, there's interviews where he's asked, like, uh, tell us about um, your famous leading ladies mm, and everyone, I- every single time he's had to do it. You can just tell he hates the question because it mm. is like a, like, what, you want me to assess my yeah, work colleagues? Yeah. And every time he pulls one off, they're just like, he's like, oh, she hates me. Like, yeah, oh, she really hates me. And this one here, she's like, she liked me for a bit and then as time progressed, she stopped liking me so much and now I think she hates me. <laughs> He's just, I, yeah, just I wonder. I it, do you, the part of me that thinks he probably is a bit of an asshole, but the part of me that thinks he isn't mm. is the fact that he's so happy to own it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I find that the that's what I mean. That's why that I'm like, more, I wonder really. The if someone who's truly, truly an asshole. Mm. is really on and nice and cool yes. and like, and the, you know. they're like in this like denial state or desperate to have people not see them as this, like I don't see myself as an elitist, you know what I mean? It's like, but you are, like you're a multi-fucking millionaire. Yeah. You, you only date models <laughs> and you live in a villa. Like, no, but you are and it's like the. Yeah, I know what you mean. And they'll come across as like this Mr. Nice to guy. To say that you're an asshole, yeah, makes me think. It's a, he's less likely to be. He might be though, because you hear stories about him. He, I, my guess is he's a grump. Yeah, and he's a bit of a prick. And he's super British and an American. But I yeah. think that's the biggest thing is I think he is he's British. I yeah. think it's like that interview he did at the Oscars where people were like he was so rude and he just wasn't. No, he wasn't at all. He was just like, no. this is weird that I've been asked to do this. Yeah, and and he's being funny. Yeah, and, and he's I, being funny. Yeah. I, no, I think that that's about right. And I think that like 90% of what he, what people think is him being rude is just him being British. Truly. Yeah. Because sarcasm and irony. I just think he has, I, my guess is on Hugh Grant is that he has self-awareness. Yeah. I think he is aware that uh, he, the industry that he is in, of the um, like label that people puts on him and he kind of uses them. He's so funny. He's really funny. He's and the, so funny. like he's done some fucking iconic roles. Yeah. And in his Notting Hill is probably my favorite Hugh Grant film. He's so good in he's it. He's so good in it. Yeah. And him and Julia Roberts are so good so together. Much chemistry. Who like yeah, so much. But the Andy McDowell one really blows my mind. Whoever was casting Four Weddings and a Funeral because that movie is so funny. Um, whoever was casting that, fuck, that's got a sad scene. And, oh, God, I just remembered. <laughs> oh. But do you know what I mean? Like, mm. like it, 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 it's just good writing, good mm. scene. It's like, um, have you seen About Time? Yes. Um, did you like About Time? That's the one with Rachel McAdams, isn't mm. it? Yes. Yeah. Sci-fi. Um, <laughs> but, but that's one where... Uh, I love that it's like I, I rewatched it. Like the first time I watched it, I was like, "Wow, it's not a love story at all. It's more about the father and the son." And then on rewatching, I'm like, "No, it is a love story." It's, I think it's a love story. Uh, but I love that it's this idea of like that. That's the last one where it's like you market it as a rom com, mm. you put it out there as a rom com, but that that structure is an opportunity to just do good writing. Yeah. But that is a beautiful story. Like that. That's mm. oh, well. That makes me sad. Yeah, it is beautiful. Hey, Should we talk about the power. No, absolutely oh. not. What we need to do is go to an ad. <laughs> a lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Okay, welcome back. Um, if you didn't get an ad, we're poor. If you did get an ad, Tom's getting paid next month. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, let's do the blurb. Great. Episode seven of The Power is titled Baptism, something I've never received or taken part in. Oh. Ever. 
Uh, in this episode, Roxy takes on the role of teacher for many young girls who are struggling to access and control their power. This was a really nice and positive progression for Roxy's character, but she also uses her powers to threaten men who owe her dad money. There is a really interesting scene between Tatiana and her, her assistant where they dress up and dance around before Tatiana forces a kiss on her reluctant assistant who wants Tatiana's help to free her brother from jail. Genuinely, I'm not exactly sure what was happening in that scene mm. and would love to know your opinion. Um, Zach, I'm looking at Zach, not you guys. <laughs> you can let me know what you think too. Meanwhile, Moana's boyfriend reveals that he was born into sex and has now got the power after Moana accidentally shocked him at school one day. At first she is super conflicted and uncomfortable, but they later kiss amongst some fairy lights that then explode when things get a bit horny. A lot of heavy shit is going down with Ali and the Angela Bassett voice in her head as she essentially builds a cult-like following of women who see her as their leader. That's fair to say, isn't it? That's a really heavy story. Um, mm. uh, John is only in this episode as a flashback to the previous episode, but he is perfect um, because it's Johnny Legs and we love him. A lot more happens in this show. It's a really hard series to write blurbs on. It is. It's, it's there's something ha- Like every scene, something new is happening that is fucking loaded. It's the only TV show I've ever seen where I'm like, you know what? This could have done with a bit more space. Yeah. But I like how loaded it is. I like how fast it moves. Yeah. But there are times where I'm like, there's so much plot that I could I, I could just sit in it a little bit. But more. also I do feel like this is the first time in this whole series, this episode, where I was like, okay, you're all building to something now. I'd like something to happen. Do you know what I feel slightly different but kind of the same? What number episode is this? Seven. Seven. I'm like, how are you going to wrap this up? Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. They have built so much. It's build, 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 build. So, and there's only two episodes to go. Yeah. And I was hoping in this episode that something, like I feel like every episode is building and I just was kind of, it's the first time in the whole series so far where I was like, got to the end and I was like, oh, come on. Like I wanted something more, just Mm. something, just a little bit of something, like not a conclusion, but a next step. And it felt like it was just more building, like more, we're taking a lot of air in and I haven't exhaled yet. That's a delicious analogy. (laughs) (laughs) No, and like it's, it's where I, I, like, I just, from my experience, I, I I don't have an issue with the, the build. The build, right? I don't – I think that's a great point and I can see how you feel like that. For me, I don't feel like that. But I go, this is getting hard for you to wrap up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, where – what are you going to do? Well, I'll be, I'll be damned if we get to episode nine because there's nine episodes in I this I thought series. this was a limited series. I didn't realise this was a season one and I suspect it might be. I think it might be. That's what I think is happening right now. But – it's based, I have not read the book, but it's based on a book. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I'm very interested to see, but there, I'm assuming there's going to be a lot that happens in the next two episodes if by the end of episode nine we have got answers. Because right now I don't have a lot of answers. There's no conclusion to anything. Everything no, is still building. And I'm just, if I don't, I don't think I can take much more of this. No, I just mean that if I watch episode eight next week, and it's still and it's still building. I think there might be a part of me that, like, if I wasn't recording it, I would be kind of like, okay, I'm going to take a break from this series. Yeah. Does that make sense? Doesn't make. I don't mean I don't love it at all. I do. I love it. But if the next episode doesn't give me something big, although that being said, a lot happened in episode six. Yeah. I I just think it's not so much. I'm, if they keep building through the next episode and it culminates well yeah. in episode nine, great. Okay. I hear I'm you. just struggling to see how they will do that. I get you. If we build, build, build to a cliffhanger, mm. I'm, I'm going to be like, oh, just because I didn't think that's what I was watching. Yep. I thought I was watching something that was going to tell something like a full story. Yep. Uh, but if we just get to a cliffhanger... It, even like, and a cliffhanger, a real cliffhanger. If it's like build, build, build to like, um, you know, who, like, I'm trying to think of the words here. Like sometimes things end 
on the beginning of something big, but that's how it's meant to end. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If we get to like a who knows where this will go, but it's okay if we don't get a season two, I'm okay with that. Yep. I just don't know. It's like structurally I feel like we've been in act one the whole time. Yes. A- and I, if they pull it off, I think it's really cool mm-hmm. if they can pull it off. But there's like the, there is like her story. I'm like how is her story going to relate to everyone else's story? Mm. The, well, I particularly feel- the the uh, the, or, the girl in the orphanage and Ali the, with the nuns. Yeah, um, I feel like Tony and John's story is really kind of playing out in a very traditional sense of like a series. You know what I mean? Mm. Like lots happening, but there's a lot of movement. Mm. But it feels like that's the only one that we've kind of been able to have that, that it's having that kind of trajectory. The rest seem to just be a build, um, which is great because we love John and Tony. Um, And they weren't in this episode. Um, I'm just, I'm interested to see like if there's a reason for that, if there's a reason why we've had to follow them very differently Mm the way we followed everybody else's story. Like are they going to come together? And I don't need yeah. I don't need them to come together neatly. Mm. I think sometimes I'm um, like stories br- like this bring everyone together in a mm. way that's a little wonky. Mm. But they are coming together. Like they are you know like the uh uh, the Nigerian reporter is now like in the Eastern European story. There's like a sense of, okay, these stories might be coming to something. Yes. I'm just intrigued by how they do it in, in, in two 100%. episodes. 100%. In particular, Tatiana, right? She showed up in episode two, mm. I think. It may be even three. Maybe three. And it was like, ooh, what's this about? Her scene in this episode, I'm also sounding like I'm not enjoying it. I am. I did enjoy watching this. I really did. But it's just the first time in this series where I've been like, what is, what? Her scene, the yeah. one that she had with her assistant, felt like it was from a different show. Oh, I, I, I. I, I loved it. It was really interesting. Yeah, no. I, I, but it felt it, really different from anything else that this show has done. It, it's the stuff in this show that I love is the, the, mm. this amb- amb- ambiguous. The show, when it's at its best, mm. is, I think, ambiguous and mm. vibey and um, just sort of feeling its way through things. I think when it's at its worst or when it's when I'm l- least on board with it is when it's neat. Mm. You know, like like even um, Urban Docs, the, the online yeah, yeah. guy, that he's like responsible for everything. Mm. rather than just he's one of many things that are, 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 are a turn against the women. Like I feel like this show is strong enough to be more ambiguous in, in how mm. things link and how. So I really love that scene. This, that it's so, it's so It was just interesting. Murky. It's so murky. Murky is right. Murky is right because like. I had an idea about Tatiana, but every episode is this real like that, and it's really interesting and I love it because it's not easy to do, I don't think, but there's this real strain between being super invested in her well-being and also thinking she's a bit fucked. Like, yeah. Or that she might be a villain-type character because it's this strain between both. It's like I really want her to succeed and I really want her and I'm invested in her, but also she might be awful. <laughs> like... Um, I, I, the, it's so interesting. It's where this show, I think, is at its best, where it's like th- th- that it's not easy. Yeah. Uh, this so is, interesting. This is an episode that really starts to lean into there's no good guys and bad guys. Yeah. There's a, there's a and, and, you know, I mentioned intersectionality a few episodes ago and I don't want to because I'm not smart enough to, but... But there's something to, particularly Tatiana, is that the character's yeah, yeah. name? That she is both a victim and in a position of power. Power, yeah. And and really profoundly in both. Yeah. And isn't it fascinating it leans to see into that? Though. How tough that is. Yeah, and I don't think that filmmakers or t- television makers or whatever are often brave enough to tackle that. Mm. Like it's a very brave thing to to do is to. To take those two things and put them into one character. And to let it sit in the discomfort. I think there yeah, was a man. point in the end of that scene where I thought they were going to give us relief mm. 
and give us a clarity in but it ends really like disturbing disturbingly and so, problematically and 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 I love that it sits in the discomfort for people who aren't watching the show but are choosing to listen to this hello um watch the show it's very good but in this particular scene I mentioned it in the blurb the assistant character which is the character that a few episodes ago Tatiana forced essentially like to give her, her to give her her power they have this moment where they all start like where her assistant and herself dress up in her clothes and dance around in a very kind of manic way, like and and pose for each other, and like it, it felt very art housey. Mm. <laughs> like, uh, and then uh, Tatiana ends up th- like dominating physically this assistant, um, and it's just really it's it was really jarring and very disturbing and fascinating to watch, but it felt very like it was a different show. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't expect it. I guess that's the best way of putting it. I was just watching it, enjoying myself. And then this scene happened and it was just like, oh, whoa, I felt deeply uncomfortable, which I'm assuming I was meant to. (laughs) I felt deeply uncomfortable and I didn't know how to feel about Tatiana. And in discussing it with you now, it's kind of like, well, you're right. There are no good guys or bad guys. I don't, need to always put that onto the characters or the makers of whatever it is I'm watching, that there needs to be that. But I think I'm just so used to that. And I've gone through, I think, mm. we've gone through a bit of an age where that's how things have been yeah, in, that's in, like, in there's our the good entertainment b- for a long time. And, yeah. and very moral, the idea that you have moral characters. Well, it's like, and it's like what we were characters. saying last week about John Leguizamo's character, how he's turned around and it's like, oh God, I hope he's not bad now. It's like, no, he's just dealing with some human shit. Well, that's what, <laughs> like, that, and yeah. that was sort of what I said last week, you know, is that I just hope that whatever he does, mm. it's done empathetically and it's not like he just goes bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with him doing the wrong thing so long as it's written well. With some truth, yeah. And it's, it's true. Like Margot is a character as well is like, it's a show, I think, about power in a mm. lot of ways and, like, the idea of, like, she's, you know, running for Senate. That happened last episode. And it's, like, the the, the question, like, her character started out quite morally ambiguous. Like, what has she given up? What For what reason mm. is she doing it? And, and it started going down a path where I thought, you know, oh, she's going to be, like, mm. the goodie. Mm. But, no, I think this is a show that sits in that discomfort. Like, mm. like there's that bit. Where, where um, they're going, he's going, um, is it Tun- Tunde? Yeah, Tunde. The, the journalist, he's going, hey, we've pretty much learnt all the characters' names. We did all right. <laughs> <laughs> Just took us a few words. But where he's going down a river to meet these uh, freed, um, these, these, these women that were, mm. um, you know, under like, I uh, can't think of the word, um, but bad, they had a bad. They were in a bad situation, and and then talking about burning down villages, and there's a shot of these these men that are like now refugees, yeah, and and it's just like complex mm. because you go here's these men that are refugees and they're kids, and you're like, oh, that's tough, but then it's like, but have some empathy for the people, you know, it's like, and what they potentially have done. And it's like, you know, why are we, why are we now feeling empathy for these male characters? Mm. When It's just, it's just like, um, it's just a show that lives in the gray. Yeah. And I just, I hope I'm fascinated to see where it goes. Well, what I think is really great about this show and what I think is very brave of this show of what it's done. And I'm assuming is what it wanted us to do is, it really makes you think, <laughs> you know. No, but it does. Like that kind of like the concept, of goodies and baddies and stuff like that. But in real human life form, it's like there isn't. We mentioned it actually like a month ago, and I've taken something you said to me a month ago on pod, like while we were on pod, <laughs> on pod, and I've used it. In, in fact, I used it in my show a couple of times, um, where you were like, everyone just needs to chill out and be nice. Mm. And we're talking about empathy and having empathy, like, you know, you can agree and or disagree with people, but there's not enough empathy in people anymore. Mm. And I think this show really makes you think about, you might not love what they've done, but you can go, they're human and I feel sorry for them. 
or they or I empathize and with I them. empathize it's with the them. The difference yeah. between empathy and sympathy. Yeah, you don't have to like what they do. Mm. You don't have to like the character, but mm. well written characters, mm. the writer has to, for the most part. Sometimes a villain is just great, but a well written character, the writer has to empathize with them. Yeah. Have you seen? Um, have you seen the boys? No, another great Amazon show. My partner show. is constantly it's really trying to good, Mish, it. and I and I really think you would love. My it. partner's it, constantly. It's trying super to watch it. well written. It's one of those ones that I thought it would be good. Mm. I thought I would like. It's great. Like yeah. it's so. It's um. It's on my list. It yeah, is on my list. and it, it, it's just like one of those things where like, it, if it had just been a satire of, I think I've said this before, but if it had just been a satire of comic book movies. Mm. That would have been good enough. Like mm. it succeeds in that. But it's also it uses the tropes of superheroes to be a satire on mm. America and capitalism and like the world we live in now, which is like a bonus and it's super effective at that. But then on top of it, the characters are really, really well written and mm. empathetic and 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 you're like, this is like two or three layers more than I asked of it. Like I would have loved this mm. show. And that's the boys. But there's a character in that that is just, and I don't want to give away which one it is, but there's a character in that that I think is one of the most reprehensible villains of any, like he's, he's in the top ten villains of all time, I think. He's just awful and he's mm. evil and he's, but the actor I heard didn't think of him as a villain, thought of him as like a, an anti-hero, thought of him as someone who was really complex, just didn't mm. engage with him as a villain, didn't engage with the fact that he was playing a villain. So he plays it so much more empathetically mm. and thus makes the character so much more evil and engaging. And on top of that, right, this character is evil, nasty, nasty, nasty character. But that he doesn't have a reason for doing things in a way. It's not like... I think sometimes, you know, Disney does this a lot where it's like, oh, here's the bad person and they're doing the bad thing. So the way to make them empathetic is for them to go, oh, I really, really believe that the right thing to do is this. And, like, they give them all these scenes where they're like, do you know what I mean? Where yeah. they're like, oh, oh, even though you think I'm bad, I'm doing it because of this reason. This character doesn't have reasons, but he has a really fucked up, like he's, his upbringing, the, how he came into the world, who, who he is, is really fucked up. Mm. So there's empathy for the character. There's, mm -hmm. there's not sympathy. We're never asked to, we're never ever asked to like agree with what he's doing. We're never asked to understand what he's doing, mm. but we are asked to sort of like empathize with why he would be the way he yeah. is. And that's just good writing. Yeah, it is. Like that's just, and that's any time I talk about this show and I go, oh, I hope that, it's just I hope that they keep that because mm. that's what's so good about this show so far. Yeah, absolutely. Is that everyone is kind of Very human characters, yeah. It's very interesting. Isn't it cool that we're watching a show that makes us think like this? Yeah, it's great. Because it doesn't happen often anymore. I think you're like, it's interesting to think that I think oh, we've coming maybe out of an era where there was the goodies and the baddies and you could either support the good good boys or the bad boys. <laughs> and it's nice to kind of have something a little bit more complex. Um, yeah, I like it. I think it, 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 I like a little bit of humanity in what I watch. Yeah. I like to be, tough. I like to be, no, yeah, it is. It's hard to watch. Because like you want to just I like someone. I literally fucking 15 minutes ago was saying how, like, I just don't know where to place Tatiana. I don't know, like, is it is it good? Do I like her? Do I not like her? It's like you can just feel both ways about her. Like, it's fine. She just is. She, she just is. is. She has, like, based on her story that we have already, like, gotten up to seven episodes, I can't, li I could literally not imagine what she has been through, how mm. hard her life has been, what has brought her to this place. No, I don't agree with how she's treating her assistant. It's fucked. I also cannot understand how she could be in that headspace, but I believe that she is. Yeah. And I can empathise with that. It's easy. Mish. <laughs> Fucking easy. I love when this, this this podcast sometimes is for you, the listener, yeah. and it's sometimes for us as creatives. Yeah. <laughs> it's 
to our little yeah. journey. Well, it's a, like genuinely. Because you're like, a writer and it's like, well, I, I think this say, is a nice thing for you to. My favourite thing to write is relationships. And yeah. I don't mean like romantic relationships. I mean, I like dialogue. Hmm. I really like two people in a room having a chat. It's my favourite thing to write. Hmm. Um, and it's important to me that the things that I write or the people that I write about or that the characters that I create are relatable, um, but relatable in every sense. I don't want it to be relatable because they're the heroes or ant, like you know, or mm. anti-heroes. I don't, like I want it to be like a, a real thing. I just I, I love when I see good writing, and I'm just like, well, fuck! I wish I wrote that. <laughs> it's very cool. Yeah, anyway, it's great. We are really in our um, reflective era, aren't we? I know. We tried really hard to not be last week, but here we are. <laughs> Should we make some fart sounds to bring them back? <laughs> oh, did it pop off? <laughs> it's all right. You don't need to send us a DM saying we don't have to do the fart sounds. Yeah, we, we, we do it for us. Yeah, we actually, I enjoy the pop-off sounds. <laughs> In fact, here's a little fun fact. When Zach and I came into the studio a couple of hours ago, um, we were sitting in silence eating our sushi, and I just looked up at Zach. I'm like, did you fart? <laughs> he was just like, nah, why? And I was like, oh, it just smells a bit like fart. And he's like, oh, does it smell bad or like fart? And I was like, oh, I like fart. And that was the conversation. We've not discussed it since, but I just thought I'd bring it up again. I ne- yeah, you. and I need to be very clear. I said unequivocally I didn't fart. Would you have admitted it if you did? To you, yes. Yo. Yo. Um, to you, yes. Okay. I would have admitted it. What if we yes. had a guest in here? But well, I would have been upset with you for asking. Oh, in really? Front of someone. What if it was? What if it was Michelle Brazier? Then I would have been like. What if it was Jude Pearl? I would have been upset with you. Yeah, Jude Pearl's great. Do you know what I'm saying? Jude Pearl. <laughs> um, I I think I think in terms of the fart thing, mm-hmm. I may have denied it. Maybe I probably wouldn't have. I probably would have admitted it. I may have denied it. I wouldn't have emphatically denied it. Mm. So the way I was like, there is no way that that's my fart Mm. um, was just like, I was like thinking back, no, I have not farted in this room. (laughs) Yeah, Like I had a real clear. It'd be an awful room to fart in because it's quite like enclosed. There's nothing worse than when you fart in an enclosed space, elevator or plane, and then someone comes into that space immediately. Like that's just a nightmare. Mm. I fart at the supermarket a lot. Mm. you got to fart on a plane, on a long-haul flight. I I like to get up to do it though. I don't like to fart next to whoever I'm sitting next to unless it's my partner. uh, My partner is the first partner I've ever had that I openly fart in front of. Like openly, like yeah. I will just fart. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. I've um, had I've farted before and pissed myself laughing. I mean, like I just farted, haha. Sorry, I, I, yeah, yeah, like a little too. Whereas I just I fart and he like just kind of doesn't yeah. say anything. You know what I mean? It's or then like, then there's the occasional. I feel like there's the nah, not that one. You know, sometimes you get like a mm-hmm. you'll fart in front of a partner. It's like that one was too far. Check it. That was too <laughs> gross of a fart. Yeah, but I don't do gross farts. All mine are adorable. You do little toots, little tooties. I um. I, I, this is, this is, this is my final thought. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with it. <laughs> it's about farts. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, f- did my first ever business class flight, uh, which I, that's something I'm not going to like, you know, if I become a business class person, I don't think I will. I, it's just too expensive. But I think at some point you've got to not talk about it on podcast. But I, I, I'm saying that I did a business class flight because I'm you, not a business class and person. And you didn't pay for it. And I didn't pay for it. Yeah. This is all like, this all sounds like You did like it illegally. <laughs> no, no. This was, um, what I posted about it was when I, um, when I went to the Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Premiere, which is very funny because we watched a version of the film that we didn't voice. <laughs> and, um, just very, very quickly before you continue the story, I would just like to state I'm not an envious person. I don't feel jealous. It's just not. I'm, I'm, I, I, of course, I do like not like a normal person, mm. but it doesn't happen a lot. And I have a lot of friends who are very successful, and I don't feel envy or jealousy. I'm usually just very happy yeah. for them. Twice in my life, I have felt jealous of Zach, like genuine envy. Like, I wish that was me. And it was when you flew this business class flight and when you hosted Rage. Rage? The Australian music Rage, I will say, go for it. This business class flight thing was because we flew there. We did one day this premiere of the movie we weren't even in. We flew back. I can go into it. I actually went into it on uh, Mr. Sunday Movies a little bit. But 
you don't need to be jealous of okay. the the week. It's like it's still a really long flight. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're it's just still, in a comfy chair. Yeah, and and the reason why I say it is because it's like there's something so funny about business class because you sit there, it's in a comfy chair. They bring you out like food on a, on porcelain plate, mm. and it's real fancy, and they give you wine that like tastes good, and you're like, oh, this is really civilized. And then like, and then you can fully lie down, but then it's like. I'm sleeping, even though I'm lying down, I'm lying here while flight attendants walk past me. Like people are just awake Mm. and I'm just like asleep, farting, I'm farting. Did you fart? Yeah, it's a 14 hour flight. Of course I farted. You farted in business? But that's the point. I'm just, it's like there's something like no matter how fancy Mm. you make it, Long haul flights are just gross. Yeah, even Kim Kardashian's farted on a plane. I'm sure. You gotta fart. Have you ever heard that thing that apparently the worst job you can have as a if you work in a, for an airline, the worst job you can have is opening the door to a long haul flight. Oh, does it stink? Because apparently it just like like just bo and fart. I think like the worst job you can have is a fart sniffer. Is that a job? No. <laughs> I was just like, where is he going with this? Well, like he's apparently opened the door. Oh, but like, the reason disgusting. I just say is like there's just something about having a little nine eyes while people are like walking around <laughs> you. Yeah, I know. It's you're, odd. And you're farting and you just, it's just like. I can't pathetic. sleep when other people are around. Like it's just weird. Anyway. I can't sleep on flights usually. Yeah. Um, My leg was Starmo. He wasn't in it, was he? He gets one. Last time he wasn't in one, though. He was in it. He was in a little flashback moment. What was the flashback moment? To the guy burning. Like they were um, reflecting back on it and he was like diving. Like that was it. That was it. That was all we saw of him was his back essentially. Yeah. So he gets one. I think it could have done with more, like far more legs. I would have liked to have seen a bit of legs in this ep. Um, But just gets one. I didn't really feel him too much in this episode. Yeah. Nah, I agree. One. Mm. One. One leg with Starmo. Yeah. Um, still great though. Can't wait to watch the next episode. Really hopeful that some fucking big shit happens in episode eight. Um, if you've already watched episode eight, because it is out, yeah. um, you're probably all like, ha ha ha, they're <laughs> in for a treat or Or, or, or I wonder how they'll take that. Exactly. Um, Tom, could you take us away with some fart sounds? Good. Um, and, but after each fart, can you apologize? <laughs> In different ways. This has been Leguizamarama. <laughs> Thanks so much, Mish. Thank you, Zach. Bye. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi. Sorry. 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 Excuse me. Sorry. Oops. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry.